Welcome to Tenor Meeting Holiness Ministries. My name is Overseer Ken Simmons. We are located in Maryville, Indiana, and today we're going to be in the book of Acts 2. And we're going to be talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to get a, a very detailed idea of what that is when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Amen? Amen. Okay, it starts out... When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. These are the disciples. All of them were, well, the apostles at this point. Jesus has uh, resurrected already. He has ascended into heaven and left them with instructions to go to um, a place where they can all meet. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this is them at the meeting place. It says, when, they did, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Now, um, I, I don't like to uh, speculate on things. Mm -hmm. we, you hear about this mighty rushing wind that hit this room. But it says... It was from heaven, and it was a sound like a mighty rushing wind. So it wasn't a wind that hit them. It was a sound. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like a wind. Mm -hmm. Nothing blew. Right. It says, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So this sound filled the room where they were. They all went to this room and they were all sitting down. A lot of people believed that they were standing up in this room. But they were sitting. It says, And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Right? Mm-hmm. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we've heard the story before and we heard how they got the Holy Spirit and they started speaking in tongues. But here is the difference and we're about to get into what they were speaking Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, it says, so now, in 5, it says, Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So, it was a lot of people in this, in this place, a lot of different nationalities in this place, a lot of people from all over the world in this place. Right? Mm -hmm. And at the sound of the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Now, so what it's saying is that it was a lot of people from all over the world in this room and they heard them speaking in their languages. Right. So if you got somebody from Italy there, you heard somebody speaking Italian. If you heard somebody from Portugal, they were speaking Portuguese. Mm -hmm. They were saying all of these things speaking the blessings of God 
in all these different languages. Right? right? right. And at the sound, they came together, and the people were bewildered because they were hearing their they were hearing their languages being spoken by these people. And it says, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And then it goes into 9, it says, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya beyond Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews, proselytes, Cretans, and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Now, these are all the different types of people that were there. Right? Mm -hmm. These are the different languages that these people were speaking. When the Bible tells you that you are speaking in tongues, when you hear people in church and they are speaking in tongues, there needs to be an interpreter there. Right. If there is no interpreter there, there is no need to speak in tongues. Right. They were speaking in tongues because it was people there to be able to interpret what they were saying. And they were speaking languages. Right? Because mm -hmm. you hear people speaking in tongues all the time, but then it's like, what are they saying? Mm -hmm. There's nobody there to interpret. So what is the point of that? And Paul tells us there's absolutely no importance in that if nobody's there to interpret it. Right. You're only... Edifying yourself. Mm -hmm. 12 says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? Now, when you have people around, you're always going to have haters. <laughs> right? So, you're going to have people who don't understand what's going on. You're going to have some people, like it says, perplexed. They don't know what's going on. Then you're going to have people that come up with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. 13 says, but others mocked, saying, they were filled with new wine. They ain't got drunk. Mm -hmm. They just saying anything. Mm -hmm. 14 says, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Now remember, it is a whole bunch of different types of people, nationalities, and people of all kind of races and creeds in this room. But he is speaking 
specifically to the people in Jerusalem and Judea. He says, let this be known and give ear to the words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Right? So Peter just read him. And told him, these men of Jerusalem and Judea, that you killed Jesus. You didn't understand Jesus, so you killed him. A lot of times we kill what we don't understand. Yes. We do that all the time. You see a bug in your house, you're going to kill it. You don't know why it's there. You just know it don't supposed to be there. You don't even try to understand why it's there. You just kill it and move on. (laughs) They didn't try to understand Jesus at all. Especially if he doesn't fit your lifestyle or your agenda. You don't want to understand something that's going to go against what you, the way you live or who you are. You're going to fight against it. People do it all the time. That's why God asks us to humble ourselves. Because he knows that it's going to be hard for anybody to fight against who they are and what they have become to humble themselves and listen to God now. Right. Right. 25 says, For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me. And he is at my right hand, that I might not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, 
For you will not abandon my soul to hate, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life, and you will make me full of gladness with your presence. 29 says, Brothers, I say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried in his tomb with us to this day before therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ and he was not abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh see corruption. Hmm. He said David went down, our patriarch, our king. Hmm. He went down and he stayed down. But it was prophesied that a prophet would come that would supersede him and fix everything. Hmm. And he's saying, that's this man, Jesus. That's right. He's done that. Mm -hmm. He said he didn't see corruption. He goes on in 32 to say, This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. We saw him. We walked with him. We talked with him. Peter says, this is not something that is of legend or myth. This is something we just did. This man just left us. Yeah. <laughs> So true. Right? Right. 33 said, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not descend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at the right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. A lot of times we look at these scriptures and you'll hear other people saying, you know, all of this stuff about Jesus is a myth and it's, oh. it's not true and all of these things. But what people don't realize mm -hmm. is these men died for their belief. Right. They believed in Jesus so much that they were willing to die for this belief. Right. Nobody is willing to die for a belief that is not true. Mm. <laughs> Nobody's just going to willingly go to some of the most horrendous deaths they ever had in, in this time. Wow. On a myth. Nobody does that. The first thing we have as human beings is self-preservation. Uh -huh. 36 says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and Peter and, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? 
they heard what Peter had to say and they got convicted. And they're like, well, how can we fix this? Right. <laughs> and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. That's Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It didn't say you shall, you might, you could. It says you will. When you give your life to Christ, you have access to the Holy Spirit. That's a gimme. That's why I don't understand why they have... You know, and, and they talk about this stuff now. Oh, we at the morning bench and we have, you know, people are tarrying for the Lord and they're waiting on the Holy It says when you give your life to Christ, you will have access to the Holy Spirit. Don't let people tell you if you are in Christ that you don't have the Holy Spirit. There is so many people out there that believe that they didn't do certain things and they didn't make it to this point or they didn't speak in tongue or they didn't do this or that because they don't have the Holy Spirit because they haven't done these things. It didn't say that. It said when you give your life to Christ. When you give your life to Christ. He says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Period. Thirty-nine says, "For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are afar off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself." And with many other words, He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying. Save yourselves from the crooked generation. Mm -hmm. Save yourself from these folks. Mm -hmm. Save yourself from these things that you are in. Save yourself from the people that are around you that mean you no good. Mm. Yeah. We have too many people around us that don't mean us any good. And we're trying to hold on to these folks. Yeah. 41 says so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls give or take mm -hmm. all of these people came to Christ from the words that Peter spoke and all he said was, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for your sin. Mm -hmm. Save yourself from these other folks. Save yourself from your lifestyle. Come to Christ. And he will give you the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, this is what happens when we get the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We have access to it. But you have to tap into it. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. You don't get the Holy Spirit and then wonders just start happening. You have to use it. Okay. 
You have to use the Holy Spirit that is in you. Work in your purpose. Mm -hmm. And this comes from, and, and learning all of that comes from relationship. You see? Your relationship with God is going to show how strong the Holy Spirit is in you for the things that God has for you. Right. You have to do that. He gives you access to it. He gives you an access, an all-access pass with the Holy Spirit. But you have to learn how to use it. And you learn how to use it, reading God's Word, praying, revelation knowledge, letting God use you so you can see what God wants for you. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these scriptures today. We thank you for understanding and the knowledge that you have given us in these scriptures in Acts 2. Father, we understand now a little better on how we need to come to you, what we need to do, and all we have to do is repent and be baptized in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, for our sins, so we can have access to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will show us how we can gain everlasting life. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray and say, Amen. Amen. Stay blessed and faithful.